Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This podcast is aimed at connecting you with the ways top performers think about challenges so that you can adapt your thinking accordingly and live your version of ultra extraordinary. So today on the call, we have Jasper. Jasper Basson. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on the podcast and being willing to share your journey with us. Jasper, do you want to tell us who is Jasper Basson? I'll start with my business journey and we will kind of take it from there. Um, I've been an accountant and entrepreneur for the last almost 20 years. I've been serving small business owners for, for two decades, specifically this year. I started in 2001. So I'm very grateful and proud of that achievement and really is more grateful of being able to serve small business owners for, for two decades. Um, during that time, I've also been an entrepreneur um, in various uh, various businesses, some very successful, some definitely not that successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we learn more from the failures and we, I'm sure we will talk about that in a moment. Um, and also, I'm I'm a family man with uh, a beautiful wife and and two 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 boys, um, eight and eleven. Okay, so you say that obviously, like your family man, and that you've been in business for approximately two decades. Um, so well done on that, first of all. Um, being in business for this long definitely shows that obviously that you have a passion for business because business isn't always easy, like you said. Um, you've had your ups and you have your downs. Do you want to speak a bit about the um, the challenges that you faced along along the journey? Because like you said, you mentioned there that there were some, some obviously businesses that didn't go according to plan. You want to tell us a bit about that? So during my, I think to, to, to mold myself towards my, my actual purpose that I'm today currently at, um, I had to go through two very specific um, stages in, in my business that really molded me into what I am today. Um, and, all, all, and like you know, we're always in a working process. And so we always need to kind of get to our best, best version. We will never get, we will, we will never get there. But uh, th- those two kind of instances really shaped me in what I am today. So the first one was roughly 2011, basically 10 years from that, from today. Um, I was in a, in a business and uh, of financial um, micro, micro lending, not, not macro lending, um, and with a book of about 20 million rand. And something happened, economy crashed, and uh, yeah, the business failed. Um, and so that was one of my very, I'm not going into specifics, but one of my very bad experiences in business. And it really taught me that uh, your ego is your enemy um, and that, that money is only one portion of, of success. And I think that's what we also discovered during COVID last year is that money is only one portion of success. Um, and then my second, uh, let's call it failure. I don't like the word failure, but let's call it a failure was was a burnout in 2017 i was just recovering from the previous bad business experience uh, with a new partner uh, with a company that i'm still part of lead optimizers and i was totally burnt out after being working basically all day long early mornings late nights um haven't spent time with the family and i was just totally burnt out to the point that uh, I had to kind of 
step back and apply the 80-20 principle and really kind of sift through what's really important in my life and what is really not serving me. People, places, pursuits. I mean, I hope we can go there and maybe a bit deeper, but places, people, and pursuits are really the thing that you need to focus on to really, um, and to see what, what fuel your joy. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like the fact that you said that, you know, you faced really, um, obviously, um, tough times along your journey. Like you said, you were in charge of a 20, 20 million um, fund, and obviously things went, things went south. Um, but you learned from that. You grew from that. You didn't give up. And that speaks to, obviously, your resilience, um, your passion for this. And then secondly, the fact that you said that you experienced burnout. And burnout is something that, you know, sometimes we all in try to give everything that we have without realizing the importance of downtime and the different elements of whether it be, like you said, your family, your health um, and success is only or monetary success is only one aspect of that, as you mentioned. Um, but what I liked about the fact that, you know, many people think that failures or the hardships, or the difficulties in life are are the worst thing to happen to you but sometimes it can be the best thing because it's during the times of the lows that we actually sit back and we reflect and we adjust about how are we going to go forward like you mentioned there the people the suits and um places were important to you do you want to tell us a bit about that so i think firstly it's a very good point in the sense of the monetary value and uh, that's only a part of the success there's a saying that that says um, a bad day for the ego is a very good day for the soul. And we don't, we don't really look into our um, greatest potential. We don't look into growth. We don't look at new opportunities um, when we are stuck in our ego's way of thinking. And when everything goes good, we don't look at, at what may go wrong in our business and what may go wrong and why do we need to grow when our businesses are successful, but that's exactly when you need to grow is when your businesses are actually successful because that, that's the biggest chance of you going to a failure when you are on your peak and in, in busy in success. So, um, but let's go to people, places, pursuits. It's really, it's something that's really uh, serves me a lot. And uh, I need to give credit to, to one of my mentors, Robin Sharma for this. He calls it um, the joy of the G joy of GPS. It's really by following your joy and, and let your joy be your guide and, or your GPS towards um, what you really need to do from your heart and from your soul. Um, we are in a place where we so easily um, want to focus on and use our mind to try to control everything. I mean, if you look at everywhere, politics everywhere, we want to try to, to focus and to, to control everything with our mind. And if we can't start actually using our heart and our soul um, and start sh just spreading love um, we can do so much more um, and i think that's that's a core principle about uh, about your joy as a gps as well um, to to really look what what really fuel your joy and just important what are the, the things or the places the pursuits that actually drain your energy vampires those are the people that, that actually destroy your joy. So, I mean, if you look at people, I always suggest to people, make a list of five, five people that gives you joy. And those five people are the people that want to raise you higher. It's not people that's jealous. People that want to raise you higher, they're the people, the five people, I call it my five gems. 
it's the um, the five people that you surround yourself with that you mirror them the behavior of them would actually mirror you and i think that's a very strong point to to look into but just as important as that it, probably more important is make a list of five people that deplete your joy the toxic people the naysayers i remember um, even in my school days and my college days, I always had this kind of entrepreneurial spirit in me and tried to do stuff. And I always had friends that told the naysayers that told me I can't do anything or um, you shouldn't do that. Or people close to me say, just point out all the dangers, all the risk of doing something. And, but you will obviously, like you know, you will never gain anything if you don't do the calculated risk of actually doing that, take that first step of doing something. Um, because the first step is always the difficult part. So always the, the most fearful one is that first step and the rest are very easy. Um, at least it gets easier as you go along. So be very cautious about those, those five people. Those five toxic people are actually a lot more important than the five influential ones in your life. Because they, I mean, like, it's like a rotten apple. It's always easier to, to take you down as, than to raise you up. And we have a lot of naysayers in, in, in the world and I'm sure you can, you know that. So I think that's the first thing about people make sure, and that's something I've done three years ago. I really made a list of both, both sides and I really dive deep into who are the people I'm really to, to spend time with and who, who I don't. And these days I'm doing constantly before any engagement with, with, with friends, potential friends, new friends, uh, new clients, I assess them before the time and I decide, I'm obviously very sensitive now because I, I do this on a constant basis, but um, I evaluate them even before they come into my life, life personal life or business. Um, then places, similarly important, um, and that's not always just um, something specific. It can, be a, it can be a place, it can a town, it can be a something to give you a, a real example um, me and my wife like to go to palm mountain every tuesday with our dogs um just the two of us having a date night kind of date night walk <laughs> and just kind of time that we actually bond together um good i mean you, you know the benefits of I mean, you also a very sport fanatic you know the benefits of mm -hmm. of, of training of fitness um, being in nature, all the hormones that getting released. So very important, I think, to to know that is my go-to go-to place. If I need answers, you need to kind of just think about life, think about my business, um, getting solutions of of potential problems. I go to the mountain. I just journal, sit there, journal, walk in the mountains, and just um, and then lastly pursuits. I mean pursuits can be in your personal life it can be in your business um i'm at a place where i um identify about five things that i'm really focusing on and everything else i outsource so i used to be have a big team and try to do everything myself and currently i'm i have a very small team in the sense of who are around me every day and a bigger team that's outsources um that that really assist me on specific things and that um that's experts on that and the, the mere fact that i can do something doesn't mean i have to do it mm -hmm. 
So, and I think that's important. We, I mean, and that's your ego that, that tells us we have to do it because nobody else can do it better than me. But if you want to scale, if you want to grow something, you need to be able to build a dream team around you um, of people that you can trust and empower to, to actually deliver. So that's a, well, I would say a quick summary of, of, of the three Ps. I love that. I love that. I like, I like all three of it. First of all, the importance of outsourcing. If you really want to grow into your potential, you need to be able to, like you say, delegate um, to build a team who is competent in those particular areas. And that's something that I've realized as well, is that you can't do everything. You can drain your time and drain your energy. So it's focusing on what really matters and what, you, what fulfills you and what you know you can really execute on. And then with regards to people, that's also really important. The fact that, you know, you need to identify who you are spending your time around, um, who's good for you, who inspires you, who motivates you, who forces you to grow, to level up, to want to do more, and also who drains you. So it's great that you do that. And then also, obviously, like places, places is something that I can relate to as well a lot, because I love nature. Since I've started um, falling in love with training, nature has come along with that journey. It awakens that creativity, like you say, because you're outside of your comfort, outside of your norm. So breaking that pattern. And then I wanted to touch on also, so you mentioned the people, places, and pursuits. Um, I wanted to touch on the fact that I'm looking at all of this, and like you mentioned there, what Robin Sharma said, the fact that let your joy be your guide. Let it be your, your, com your compass. And that's really powerful. But looking at what this means is that you, you're just living a life, uh, an intentional life. So you're being very intentional of who you let into your life, who you spend your time around, where you go, okay, what you focus your energy on. And that ultimately accumulates into a winning life, an intentional life. And many people around are just going through the motions of life, just doing things without consciously sitting back and thinking, is this the best way to do it? What more can I do? Or how can I solve this? Or how can I outsource this to somebody who could solve it for me? So that's a really important point, the fact that you mentioned there, being more intentional, letting your joy be your guide. Okay, and then, so you also mentioned that you always had the entrepreneurial spirit, even in your college days. Do you want to speak a bit about that? Where did you think the spirit stemmed from? My grandma was very well. In, um, my one word is generous. Um, I live really live live my life through a very few, uh, quite a number of various aspects around generous generosity. But but my 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 grandma was generous, and she was also always kind of sell stuff. And I think it pretty much came from her in the sense of I saw her doing that in in small things, selling rusks and whatever. So I grew up, started doing newspapers, um, delivering newspapers, and later the ice canoe at the U, and uh, all kinds of things, and later selling boltong and chocolates and everything to, as, as I go along. And then my, I mean, that was a good old days before technology. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, yeah, um, further on, I mean. My real big business was really that in 2010, it was really a constructive kind of business that was formed with another partner. Um, and then obviously we had that big failure. And then since then, um, especially through lead optimizers, my other company that we generate lead business leads for, for other entrepreneurs in Africa, um, we start forming various 
close, close partnerships with these entrepreneurs and to really empower them um, in, in also trying to, to become better entrepreneurs. And, and my, my, our function is really branding, um, uh, generating obviously niche market leads for them and, and also mentoring. Um, taking the last 20 years and really mentor them. So outside we work on the business, not in the business, but we give the, the entrepreneur the opportunity to work in the business and really expand their business and get them also to a point where they potentially can work on the business and not in the business. And also have them a stake in a business with, for value in the, in the future. So they can start earning a monthly income, but also more importantly, actually start generating a, a capital or a, a pension for them. Um, for later in their life. Um, and the work that we mostly do is, is, is the inner, inner work. So, I mean, you can never grow bigger outside than you grow inside. Um, I mean, you will never be, have better results on the outside than, than inside. So, um, I kind of dwelled off your of your original question, but I mean, that's, that's how I got there. <laughs> okay. um, so, let's speak about lead, lead optimizers. Um, what made you decide to go into... Um, the specific area i know that you said you are accountant um, by profession what made you decide to go into like helping other businesses um, generate leads and succeed yeah so initially um well i wasn't always purposeful in what i do and i i mean currently my purpose is really generosity and and really inspire other entrepreneurs empower them so and give them a lot of value to actually empower themselves as well um but Initially, before my biggest failure, I mean, it was all about money. I was arrogant. It was all about money. I thought I can turn everything into um, into gold, um, and it turned out I couldn't. <laughs> um, so, um, so that was initially was the obviously the the kind of motivation was was money, which very soon and very at this stage is, I mean, like I mentioned, everything is now to empower other entrepreneurs, um, but. It all started with us, with a, with a fellow, um, well, well, at this stage, a client of mine, which is now my, my, uh, um, my partner. Uh, we start an in-house website, B certificates that we started generating leads just for ourselves. And it was a kind of a joint venture between the two of us. Um, he's the SAO specialist. I'm the financial director. Uh, kind of, that's how we got together and say, well, let's, let's, start this, let's, let's try this project and see where it goes. The first product was a massive success, um, generating about 1,200 leads a month on average for that niche B certificates. And then as it goes along, we decide, well, we can just as well generate leads for other businesses as well. I mean, we do it very successfully for ourselves. Let's do it for other people as well. And then last year, um, since lockdown, our our really our vision changed to the to the point where we actually don't do lead generation itself for for for, for entrepreneurs any, anymore you have to join us in a partnership that where we can actually develop you empower you assist you with everything else that i've mentioned um and yeah so a lot since lockdown actually changed to a more empowering kind of vision than it was previously just lead generation um, overall. Mm -hmm. And um, so obviously, like you said, you, you also pivoted during the lockdown, you discovered that there is a need for this way to actually help 
entrepreneurs with the inner with the inner work as well so that they can actually really reap the benefits on the outer um speak to me a bit about um how you how you discovered the importance of obviously the inner work because you have made mention of the ego and being driven by success by money previously tell me a bit about how you discovered that the ego can be the enemy and how you start working with the ego so my, my journey started really after the first failure. Um, I got into the, the, I've been become a student of the work of Robin Sharma mainly, a, lot, a few other people as well, but Robin Sharma mainly. Um, and he, I mean, a lot of his work is, is regarding inner work and your inner work mm-hmm. obviously shows the results in the outer world. Um, so, and I basically start, one of his big things are, um, uh, the 5 M club, right? As early riser, and I know you also an early riser. I saw some videos that you jog in the pitch, pitch dark, yeah, black uh, night. Um, so, um, so my my morning starts at 4 a.m. Um, and it ends at 6 6 a.m. So it's about a two-hour slot that I take for myself uh, in various developments. I try to work on mind, body, heart, and soul. So all four of that items come together for potential successful or at least a successful strive to your best version. Um, so my morning before starts with the night after or, or the night before. Um, and really with, we're trying to, to not always, obviously not go to sleep too late. Um, I do affirmations, visualization before, just before I go to sleep. And also just as I wake up, and I, I found that to be a very powerful tool for me. It might not work for everybody, but that definitely worked a lot for me. It's something that you really just influence your subconscious mind and you start vibrating certain energy to attract certain things. So really worked for me, but it's very effective. The last 10, 20 minutes before you go to sleep and the first 10, 20 minutes before you, and as you wake up. Um, further on, I like meditation. I do a lot of journaling. I write down a lot when we start having scattered thoughts and we actually put it down on paper, a lot of things that we do becomes clearer. And then uh, half, half past five to six, I do heat training. I like my heat training to, to really get my body going for the, for the, for the day. And then lastly, at 6 a.m. I do a cold shower every day. Cold shower has been very, very good for me. Um, there's obviously a, a lot of health benefits from that, but I think mostly it was for me to conquer my fear to every day to, to jump in the cold shower. So it's really subconsciously built that kind of behavior and thinking of every day, go out and be out of your comfort zone, do difficult mm-hmm. things, do, do things that scares you. So um, that that's basically my morning routine that, that really serves me well for the last at least three years. Nice. And I, I like the fact that you said there that, you know, you do the cold shower because you know that, by the time you have to do the cold shower, your mind will work against you. Your mind will say, ah, oh, do I really have to do this right now? And it's about following through on your commitments. And that's how you develop um, discipline. That's how you develop the confidence to actually win throughout the day and throughout your life. Because you know that you, even if I don't feel like doing something, I'm still doing it. So all these things are setting you up for success, like you said. And even the visualization, I know it's a really powerful tool, something that I've been using as well. Um, it basically helps you become more familiar with things that, that is novel, especially when you're doing something that that could potentially be fearful. Um, 
or challenging in a way practicing practicing visualization beforehand helps you to feel more prepared for that um and that's actually what i did also when i i did a TED talk about almost almost two years ago and it was one of my first talks that i actually it was actually one of my first major um talks in general since discovering i had a fear of public speaking um which was just after university and i have been working on my speaking like my confidence in a way but i realized that my the main core of or the main cause of my, pub, my fear of public speaking was the fact that I felt that I was an inadequate um, speaker of English. Like I would I wouldn't pronounce my words correctly. Coming from the Cape Flats, you know, speaking slang, uh, you're not really and you're not confident and also feeling inferior to other people. So that's where it stemmed from. So I worked on those areas. And when it came when it came time to actually do my talk, I remember becoming overwhelmed with like fear beforehand. Um, anxiety actually is one of the first times or probably the second time in my life I actually experienced anxiety, like proper anxiety that I can relate to. Um, and this was probably a couple of days before. And I felt a build up. And this is while I was doing visualization. And that was so powerful because all I did is I, I started breathing calmly and controlling that anxiety. And what that then done is it showed that I actually have control over the situation. And I continued doing that practice. And when I went out to, when the day came to give a talk, I was confident, extremely confident. And that just speaks about the power. Imagine I hadn't done that and that anxiety stemmed or just sprung up on me on the day. I wouldn't know how to actually deal with it. So visualization is really powerful, really, really powerful. And then I also saw that you very big into fitness. I saw that you went also on a weight loss journey. I saw one of your pictures recently. You want to tell us a bit about that? It's an old picture, but um, uh, it is about 2015. Mm -hmm. So I've been in martial arts for pretty much my whole life. Um, and um, But since from about 2014 to about 2018, I was really involved in, in competing in martial arts as well. I've um, been in structure in, in a local pole gym as well for, in kickboxing. Um, so... It was really in that time, just before I started that journey of, of getting back to kickboxing again. I used to be in school, everything I've been doing, karate and kickboxing, and then really getting back to the sport in 2014. Um, and it was really that process of, of obviously preparing for a fight. I mean, you just talked about visualization. You kind of freeze before a big thing. I mean, that was one of the things. I mean, you're sitting in a, in a, in a locker room just before you need to go step out in a full contact fight. And it's like... It feels like you just want to run away. <laughs> I can imagine. And and until that first shot kind of lands, and then everything, then you're having fun, and it's it's and when you're done, I mean, you just want to climb back in the ring, kind of thing. Um, so I've done that. Um, I've um, done ten kickboxing fights, full contact fights. It was part of my bucket list. Uh, I'm getting older now, so I'm trying not to do kind of those kind of things with my eight anymore. I'm do, still doing jujitsu. Um, but obviously during that time, I had a lot of white cuts, um, doing weight loss. White cuts, I obviously won't uh, advise anybody, but I've, I mean, some weeks from a Sunday to a Friday, I've lost like seven Ks. Um, that's by kind of doing specific weight loss. I'm not gonna tell you because I'm afraid someone, somebody will try to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, but, um, don't try that at that kind of thing. Um, so, but obviously living lean, um, 
training and living lean is kind of hand in hand. You can't get, I mean, you 80% of, of the work are made, made in the kitchen. So, I mean, you need to, you need to go to the kitchen and, and, and get, get that sorted out before you can do anything. And it's just not, it's not just for looking good. I mean, especially when you're my age, you don't really care about that anymore. It's really just, I mean, I can feel the difference in my productivity, um, my performance at work when I don't eat a lot, when I don't eat takeaways, when I eat very lean. Uh, I'm currently back on it because I'm trying to get back in that lean kind of shape uh, because I know how productive and how in peak performance I am when I do that. Um, so currently I'm back to tuna and broccoli and lunch, um, those kind of <laughs> bocos. <laughs> um, and, but automatically, I mean, you feel so much better because you don't stuff yourself with too much food. I mean, I drink green tea every single day to, to kind of just boost my metabolism every day. And you just feel so much better. I mean, doing training, you release a lot. Of, I mean, you know, all the endorphins and all those kind of hormones that you release feel good hormones. But most importantly, you release BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which actually rebuild damaged brain cells. And obviously, if they rebuild damaged brain cells, they can actually um, improve your current brain cells and it can be, you, you are so, so much more creative and, and, and inspiration, I mean, inspired to do amazing things in your work. So, but those things are really going hand in hand. That doesn't, I mean, if you don't eat lean or eat better, it doesn't really matter that you train because it's it kind of defeat the purpose. You really need to, it's really intertwined into each other. Yeah, and I agree on that as well. Um, it's very important, um, obviously, like you said, your overall, your fitness journey and also obviously um, your health because that obviously contributes to actually overall performance and also just your focus, how long you can sit down and how much bouts of work you can get done during the day. Um, and I know that when I'm in peak, in peak state, I feel way more, I'm way more productive. I'm able to, 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 to put in more hours during the day. And ultimately that's what you want to do. You want to maximize your time because as an entrepreneur, as a leader, we all only have 24 hours. And that means that you need to be able to put in as much, um, things or to to multiply what you can do during that 24 hours to actually be as productive as possible so that you can make the biggest impact as possible and then as to as as a concluding question Jasper, do you want to tell us what is the impact that you want to make on entrepreneurs because ultimately i know that you said that one of your it's it's your passion to actually help serve entrepreneurs but you want to tell us if you're looking at your vision for the next 10 to 20 years, what is the what is the impact that you see yourself making in the lives of others? Um, I think to inspire people um, through generosity, generosity through being the most authentic person that you can be. I think that's something that that people forget, and because of social media, we tend to kind of try and mimic other people's success. Don't be a copycat. Be authentic. God doesn't create extras. He created you uniquely and authentically and for you to make a difference in your capabilities of exactly who you are. Um, so being generous and being authentic, being generous of being an inspir inspiration of hope um, and the instrument of service to, to entrepreneurs in Africa 
being an accountant, I've got a very amazing opportunity and a foot in the door to, to actually help inspire and empower entrepreneurs in Africa. It's a very difficult task. Entrepreneurs, especially in South Africa, doesn't really look into the personal development. They want to sort out everything with their, with their head and with their mind. Um, and, uh, but I will keep being the example of, of the result of doing the inner work. And when you, when you do the inner work, you will see the outer results. Um, it's something I really live by. Um, and then, yeah, just being generous in, in kindness and, and being generous in all kinds of ways. You, you don't have to have a lot of money to be generous. I think when we think generous, we think money, we think monetary value. Um, and yes, there's a place for that, but that's not all you have to do. You can volunteer at something that really, really serves your heart and really make your heart smile. Um, you can, something of, in your business, you can just, you, in your case, you can do a coaching session with somebody for free just because you want to do it for them. Um, not because you expect anything, because when, when we expect something back, it's becoming a trade-off and it's not really a gift. Um, and the real value in generosity is, is when you start giving, you will start receiving abundantly. I mean, um, abundance and generosity is like, it's like electricity is like water. It needs to flow all the time. When you start holding back, we have this mindset of, of trying to negotiate everything, trying to get everything for a bargain. Energy can't flow in, in, in abundance around you. You can't expect to have abundance around you if you don't want to give, if you're not open to, to give as well. If you have the mindset of constantly looking for bargains and I mean, it's kind of just again, back to affirmations basically. I mean, you just kind of speak badly about, about everything all the time and about money. So um, I think that's for me, my big, biggest takeaway for somebody that knows me is authenticity and generosity. And generosity can be linked to that in the sense of just being generous with your authenticity. Awesome, awesome, Jasper. And I really like that answer as well. And I wish you well on your journey in and to continue shedding or being a light for others out there, a light of inspiration, of hope, and showing them what is possible in in terms of their life, in terms of their business, in terms of the overall success and happiness um, by focusing on not only the outer world, but on the inner world as well. And thank you for taking the thank time. To, thank you for taking the time to share your journey with us. Thank Bye. you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This is a weekly podcast. So tune in every Monday to get your dose of inspiration that will help guide you in designing your version of an extraordinary life. This is Kyle Daniels wishing you an amazing day. Stay winning.